0: From Chicago, Illinois, this is Think Differently, a show that explores people who are challenging the status quo and how they do their work and choose to live their life. From doctors and designers to entrepreneurs and artists, hear the stories, learn the insights, and see what it takes to think differently. Hey everyone, it's Mark. Welcome to episode 18 of the Think Differently podcast. This week's episode, I sat down with Jordan Buckner. He is an entrepreneur who was raised by two entrepreneurs. He's the kind of guy that went to school and got two degrees in architecture, worked at a firm for about a week, and then decided he was going to launch a business in the food and beverage industry. Jordan and I have worked together on some projects in the past, and he's really got this calm kind kind of thoughtful demeanor about him which really juxtaposes nicely against my insane energy we talk about what it was like being raised by entrepreneurs the alignment between architecture and and business and entrepreneurship we talk about being a new father and most importantly we talk about how Jordan Buckner thinks differently about businesses working together check it out what's up Jordan
1: hey good to see you Mark
0: You too, man. I'm really excited to see you. You have a lot going on in your life right now, man.
1: As always, just like you, so trying to keep up.
0: Yeah, for sure. We so in all in all honesty, we have to tell people we've worked together in the past. I think you and I kind of both enter rooms and when we enter rooms there's energy that just like comes with us and i think mine might be like just like a little like too uh ecstatic sometimes but you always (laughs) greet me when i see you i get a sense of calm i get a sense of security you're always so kind to me uh when i see you so thanks for making the time man
1: of course i'm happy to be here i remember when we first met you just had like drawings all over the room. And it was just, like, who's this guy just like sketching everywhere? And then like come to find out, you do like a million other things that basically like help people solve problems of life. And I think that's just so cool.
0: Oh, thanks, man. It's really cool. You know, it's funny is when people will say, like, so what do you do? I can't tell you how many years it's taken me to figure out a good answer, yeah, to that question. So it's it's good that you're able to you were able to summate that so well for me, man. Thank you so much. Um, I know that there's a lot happening, like I said, in your life right now. You're a new father. Congratulations again to you and your wife. Uh, I know that you've had a huge pivot in your business and that's actually part of the reason like, um, you know, you kind of popped on the radar again, was this new thing that came up and the shows think differently. It's about people that think differently about how they do their work and choose to live their life. Um, If anybody looked at you on LinkedIn, they'd see that catchy tagline. You were like one of Forbes 30 under 30. Um, You're an entrepreneur uh, that has really seen success in a bunch of different ways, but you didn't start there. You actually started, I think your degree is like architecture.
1: That's right. Yeah, two degrees in the architecture, but I've only practiced as an architect for a week in my life.
0: <laughs> so, so only because we just said that we're both like fathers <laughs> of newborns, you know? Could you imagine your kid be like, Dad? You know, I got two architecture degrees, but I only use it for one week. I get that in there <laughs> all, all those drafting tables I built for you. So, how, how do you go? So, again, people, again, if they don't know, um, why don't you let them know real quickly, like what? how did you get from the architecture to the work that you're doing now? Because the work you're doing now really is very heavily involved and and really in my eyes, like a leader in the food and beverage space, right? So how do you go from being a double architecture degree dude to being an entrepreneur in the food and beverage space?
1: Yeah, totally. So, I mean, it sounds so, disparate and crazy but it all links together so you know right now latest venture i'm running food bevy which is an online community for food and beverage founders help them connect grow and build their business but starting out you know really for my entire life i always knew i wanted to be an architect and went you know studied that in school i went to high school for a special architecture program went to college and got two degrees in it Um, and along the way i realized what i loved about architecture is i love Uh, really designing things places and experiences for people but then also understanding like how can people go through the world and have a better happier enjoyable experience and what I realized through school is actually you know I didn't have to do that through physical buildings but the education was all about how do you understand problems that people experience how do you then prototype and build solutions for them and then Kind of test and learn with those um, users that you can create a a you know better solution for them, right? When you think about it, it's all about design thinking, and so that's when I realized you know, hey, this is a really powerful tool to be able to problem solve. And so that kind of pivot, I knew I didn't quite want to practice architecture because the actual career path is more like sitting in front of a computer doing CAD drawings most of the day. And so I ended up getting a dual degree of my MBA who's down at Illinois. And while going to school there, you know, all of my co coworkers er, you know, classmates wanted to do finance and accounting, and do like consulting, corporate strategy. And I realized like, you know, both of my parents are entrepreneurs. I came from a super entrepreneurial family. And really? I always, yeah, I would say it's like genetic in terms of people who become entrepreneurs, like it just gets passed down. And wow. so, yeah, the, um, and so like along the way, I was like, you know, I always wanted to look out for problems and figure out how to start, you know, really solve those. So, Um, I was involved in like student, I helped start a consulting organization that was all about helping startups bring their ideas to life. And then after school, I actually launched uh, my first kind of real startup besides like the lemonade stand kind of stuff and t-shirt businesses that was called Chopbox, which was a meal kit delivery company, similar to like the Blue Aprons and Platids when those were first getting started. So, you know, long story short, what I realized in my life though is I really love kind of building and developing solutions and things that help people solve a problem in their life. And then also being a way to help and teach others how to do the same thing. So, you know, what I've been running for the past four years was a company called T Squares, and it's a line of superfood energy bars for mental focus. And that was a real great platform to learn like how to start a business that was like real and grow it. You know, we had a large team or fairly large team. It wasn't just me. Uh, We were selling in stores across the country and offices across the country. And, you know, a couple months ago when COVID hit, our business got hit pretty bad. About 75% of our customers were offices. And so, you know, we pivoted a little bit. They're still running the business, um, but it's much slower. And so I thought this is a perfect time to really understand and go back to one of my dreams, which is how can I take everything that I learned over the past four years and help teach other um, founders how to do the same.
0: Wow. There's a lot. There's a lot there, man. Now I gotta like chop it up. Uh, for, first, first mean, off, yeah, right. This will be like a double episode. Um, well, I think what I'm hearing, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the thing that you loved about architecture was process and like the the the, the output that you could create something that solved a problem or created a a better happier experience for somebody maybe in a building or in a promenade or a mall or things like that but what's unique about the way you thought about it was you looked at that skill set and that mindset and maybe even that process uh, you talked about design thinking but utilizing that for something else. It's kind of like, I always like, I'm the king of bad metaphors, but I'm like, Hey, if people are like, I need to go jog. I'm like, well, jogging's hard, man. Like it's hard to like go run if you want, but you could go play basketball and you're still running and you might burn the same amount of calories, but it's just a different way. So you're able to kind of see the underlying process and apply it to other things uh, in the food and beverage industry. Is that accurate?
1: Completely. And I actually tell people that um, I love my MBA program, but in terms of entrepreneurship, my architecture degree prepared me more for starting a business than my MBA did.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So you, you had also mentioned like, hey, the lemonade stands and the t-shirts. I literally have a picture somewhere down here of me with dreadlocks with a like it literally looked like the little rascals tv show i built a lemonade stand in college i stayed at college for a few weeks one summer and i was like i'm just gonna i'll make some you know like some hippie dippy things so i was like and i made money i actually sold lemonade and i did you know as a kid my folks and i i want to hear more about your family um and their entrepreneurships my folks you know run small businesses and um i have like really vivid memories of my dad they used to have a store right at um irving and um um, Ashland and Irving so very close to the ballpark here in Chicago and I'd go sit with my dad and then we'd walk at work and then we'd walk down you know Ashland to Addison and we walked down Addison to the ballpark I know you're a south sider I'm a north sider you know right. um but I would always see those dudes and girls like selling peanuts and selling t-shirts and young t-shirts I'm like that is the coolest job I have, so so when I was a teacher in Chicago public schools, I had summers off. I went down to city hall. I got a peddler's license. I had a guy that would make me t-shirts and I would actually go and sell t-shirts outside of Wrigley field, man.
1: Living the dream. I love that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like these little things that get excited about, but, but I think too, is that like my parents have always instilled in me this idea of like, you got a dream, go for it, do it, do it intelligently, be strategic about it but don't like shy away from it. And not everybody has that. And, and you coming from a family of entrepreneurs, like let me know a little bit more. Like, I'm really curious. Like what was it like? Because most people don't, most people's parents are not mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. They probably grow up with a nine to five and a this and that and entrepreneurship. It, it, you, you and I know it happens a million different ways. So what, what was growing up in a family of entrepreneurs? Like, what did they do?
1: Oh, so it's crazy. So I'll start with my, my dad. So, um he he's a little bit older. He just turned 80, 86. Um, but throughout his life, he literally like, you know, was born in Vicksburg, Mississippi. He was able to go to college in Illinois for um dentistry. So he was like a dentist by profession, but then got invited to help found a bank on the south side of Chicago. So became then like a co-founder on like the board of directors and investor in a bank. And then that opened up to where he was able, you know, the bank owned a grocery store and the travel agency, but then like banking laws changed. They had to divest that. So he ended up taking over and owning the bank and the travel, or not the bank, the grocery store and the travel agency. And so <laughs> he went from being like a dentist to a banker to having the grocery store or travel agency own a television or radio station on the board of a television station. So like he just had this career jumping from one industry to the next, but was always able to like figure out how to build a successful business along the way and constantly like evolve and change. And so it's very much that mindset that I grew up with is understanding like how he kind of saw you know, running small businesses. And you know, I think his businesses were a little bit more I call it stable <laughs> in terms of like, you know, they're a stat- a grocery store or travel, right. agent, like they're a little bit more like a very common business. Um my mom on the other hand was a little different she was always very much like a salesperson and so while she was working doing like corporate sales at xerox you know the copy and printing company um that's not like a pharmaceutical company or something crazy uh, but she was um doing that but then also like starting to sell food on the side so on the weekends, she would sell like cookies and cakes and cobblers and like she loved baking so i kind of grew up with that so then she ended up turning that into a business and now she has like a catering company that she runs um, selling like desserts but then she realized like her clients they love the desserts but they also didn't have great options for lunch and so she like listened to them and then pivoted and started making all these lunch options and so I grew up around food like I know she actually went to culinary school and got trained uh, working wow. nights and weekends doing that as a chef and so I never had like a culinary background but I grew up with this like love of food and being forced to cook <laughs> but you know I got to eat some cookies <laughs> at the end of the day and yeah. so like that's where a lot of my like love for food came from the experimentation but then so I was influenced by both of them and you know we take car rides and constantly just like oh, there's a problem over there. Like there's an empty building. What do you think would go there? Like what kind of business would run? Or, hey, that business looks really successful. Why do you think they're successful? And just like that constant thinking and mindset in terms of like how how like we're surrounded by small businesses, you know? I, I would say like if you drive down any street and look at all the businesses, like those are all small businesses. Like we're surrounded by entrepreneurship. Like, you know, just like your your family store.
0: Yeah, man, that is so. Well, one, I hope that one day when my children are your age, that they will speak as kindly of the upbringing I've tried to instill in them of solving yeah. problems rather than be like, my, my dad was a schmuck. I'm going to go be a lawyer or something, you know? Because I'm always like, hey, what would you do? What, exactly, just like you're talking about these car rides. So it's interesting that. I always tell people uh, that like, Hey, if your parents were like Woodstock hippies, you're going to grow up to be like a wall street power broker. And if your parents were wall street power brokers, you're going to grow up to be a ball, you know, like a Woodstock hippie. And it seems like you actually have, uh, have broken that mold. Like you've, from where you have came and in, in those role models that were set forth for you, you've actually uh, embraced that. And have like, really it's created who you are today. Is that, is that true?
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely has. And one thing that I've found when talking to other entrepreneurs as well is that a lot of entrepreneurs, not all, but like a lot of them have someone in their family who was also an entrepreneur that inspired them. And there's just like this mindset of growing up thinking that way that leads you to just see problems in the world differently. And even I was listening to like a couple of How I Built This podcast and a lot of people like worked at a corporate job and like make good money but then like didn't have that same like self-fulfilling satisfaction and so they left to start their own company. A lot of them kind of got some of that influence from their parents.
0: Mark, I need to pause here real quick. When I hear him talking about people growing up with entrepreneurial dreams and ideas, it makes me think of my friends Rosie and Alex, the founders of Littlefoot Coffee. You've probably heard me talk about them, but these are two people that are literally bringing their dream to life every day by hand roasting coffee, uh, and they've been gracious enough to sponsor this podcast. And so if you are interested, please head on over to littlefootcoffee.com. You can use promo code Mark and save 10% off your order. Again, this is a small business that is hand roasting, handcrafted coffees and just bringing their idea to life. So if you want to support small business, if you want to support entrepreneurs that are bringing their dreams to life, head on over to littlefootcoffee.com, use promo code Mark, M-A-R-C, and save 10% off your order. Back to the episode. It's really interesting, man. Um, The other thing that you're talking about here is like there's this thread that's running through all of this, which is like solving problems, but for people right? You're not trying to like, you know, cure the ozone layer thing here. You're not trying to like save the whales. You're like, hey, there's people that encounter challenges, whether it was something with like T-squares, which was like those low energy, you know, people had low energy and all the snacks they eat are crap. You're like, give them a healthy thing. Or even now with this, this later pivot to Food Bevy, where you're like, hey, there's lots of food and beverage industry entrepreneurs that are like, have great ideas. They might even have like great products, but like, it's a mess to try to figure out how to make a business model out of it. I think you and I were talking before we started the podcast about how my little startup drop kit like I was like hey we we weren't trying to figure out if we could build a profitable business. We were just trying to answer the question could we build something that people would buy. That was a like question number 1. And so I want to like now really talk about this is like a a different role, I think for you, you know, with food bevy, because one, um, although there is a service, right. It's like a member-based organization. It's really different than making something you can hand to somebody. And I think your role is a little bit different. Like I know you were the founder CEO of T squares and you're running that ship and you have a team, but this is like a different kind of a team. So talk to me about like, what's this big change for you? Like now?
1: Yeah, it's, it's been, um, I think my day to day, it's been a pretty big change, but it's towards something that I've always loved doing in a smaller component. And so with, you know, T-Squares was all about, you know, how can I I support my team and support the business to help that grow so that we can help kind of our customers at the end. And now it's more about asking all the businesses who are members, how can I help you grow your business? And so it's a lot of listening. It's a lot of empathy in terms of determining where, our members are at along their individual journeys and they're all in different places and then understanding like what are the common needs and resources and unique needs and resources that they have or they need to help them get to the next level and so it's everything from hey, I have a working product, like we're selling a couple stores, but how do I really expand? There's one of our members I was talking to today. He's like, you know, we're in 14 locations and I want to expand throughout all of California. And so we put together a list of over 400 buyer contacts that he can then reach out to, to help grow his business. And that's really key because I completely agree with what you said is that there's a lot of great product ideas and like products themselves in the world. And I believe that anyone that has a really great product should be able to see that be successful. And that little hurdles like finding the buyer's email for a Whole food store, like shouldn't be the barrier that's mm you know, causing you not to reach your dream. Like if your product sucks, like, okay, maybe it shouldn't exist in the world. But you know, if you're actually helping people, or there's a lot of, you know, allergen friendly snacks that are out there, like helping them get out into the world so they can help people, you know, who have food allergies, enjoy really tasty cookies and treats and things like that, um, I think is really important value and ultimately helps people. So right, all of our members have products that are good kind of for your taste buds. They actually are taste good. Um, they're good for your health and they also have a social mission in some form or another. So they're good for our communities as well. Do you see like
0: a change in your, I don't want to say like your headspace, but like, there's a probably like a very, I don't know if it's like a heavier weight on your shoulders now, because like it with T squares, like if it, if it sank, like it was on you, right? Like, you know, like it was you, you ran the team, but now like you have all these companies that you are like playing a very different role. It's almost like, you know, you went from like um, being like maybe like a, uh, I don't know, like what the military is, but maybe you're like you're you're overseeing a small troop of soldiers, but now you're like you're in charge of the army. You've got like all these different units operating all over the country, and they're coming to you for advice. They're coming to you. Does that like weigh on you more? Like, has there been a change for you in this new role around like I guess it is your headspace, like how you think about it. Yeah, I
1: think um, it's it's less. I say it's a little bit more like having a baseball team, and I was like one of the players out there hitting, and all of a sudden now I'm a coach. And so my role Uh, and my actions are a little different where I'm more advising and teaching and sharing experiences, but I'm not telling them what to do, right? Like I have my set of experiences and everyone else has theirs. And so what my role is, is really to provide them with a couple different pathways that I've seen be really successful and help clarify a lot of the noise, but then allow them and of course like it's their business to kind of make those choices to how best to expand the business. And if they say, all right, you know what? My plan is to do X, Y, and Z. My role then is to help provide them the resources to get to X, y, and Z, and all those okay. steps along the way. And so it is a different headspace though, instead of like me doing the actual like having sales calls and like talking to manufacturers, it's more so like compiling resources that help people. So every day, I wake up and it's just asking,
0: like, "How can I help you today?" And then finding those answers for them that's really, really unique. That's a, that's an interesting way to think about it. The other thing here is with, with your previous company, you, you talked about how it was really about learning. You're learning like, what does it take to launch a business, to manufacture, get it into stores and and all kind of like crossing the T's and dotting the I's along the way. But um, with this, with your new effort, with, with Food Bevy, there's a change there. And my question for you is around speed, right? Mm-hmm. And so with, the with something that is a product, right? It's it, it. Again, being lean and dynamic, you can make changes pretty quickly, I guess, but you still got to get a manufacturer. It's still got to get shipped out. How is there a change in the speed with which you can be kind of like agile and adapt to changes with something like Food Bevy versus T-Squares where you have like a physical product?
1: I think the One of the the watchouts that I've had to be aware aware of is that, you know, with t scores I was very kind of focused in terms of the strategy on where I want the business to go and develop. With food bevy because we have, you know, dozens and dozens of members, everyone has slightly different needs. So it's easy to be a little scattered brain and know kind of where to focus our energy. And so what I've had to do is really narrow down in terms of, like, how can I best be an asset? And so I put together kind of a list of, like, four main things that we help provide our brands, which are around, you know um, learning and resources so that they can make their processes easier um, discounts to vendors and services a community forum where they can share ideas and collaborate together and then the database is kind of like the yelp for the food and beverage industry so that they can get reviews and contacts for people they want to get in touch with and so it's really kind of honed down and like that's the core content that i'm delivering and then we'll add in a couple other you know services around that that help complete there but it's what's really cool with food bevy is i see it as a very module platform to say like hey if you need if a business needs help with um for instance like one biggest thing is a lot of people need help with like awareness and sharing their story so we launched an interview series where i'm talking to a number of businesses on their journeys and their stories of dealing with covid and how they had to manage and pivot during that time and sharing that with our industry partners in the food and beverage industry so that you know they can help share and tell their story and so i'm really developing content from those needs of our members um, and finding out like how i can make the best impact with them it's like truly
0: human-centered design It's like yeah. you you hear the pain on Monday and you've got some some you know version of a solution on Tuesday Wednesday kind of a thing. Well, how long did it take you from the time because you had said again uh, T Squares and I keep going back to T Squares but the reason I go back to it is because that was this learning process for you and then when COVID hit, it was like uh oh seventy five percent of our business is gone. So what was the time frame from when you realized we have trouble? Like there's, there's the 75% of the business is gone till the time that you launched Food Bevy. I mean, cause COVID seems like it's been forever. It seems like oh, we've been yeah. living this yeah. forever, but it's really only been like, what is it like six months or something like that? I mean, like it's not that long of a time in the, in the bigger span. So what was it, what was the timing from the time you realized you had a problem to the time that you pivoted and launched Food Bevy?
1: Yeah, completely. So I think you know one thing to know is like, I've had this idea for for years now, um, okay. but I've just been so focused on T scores and growing that, that I hadn't had the chance to really bring it to life. And so around March, April for us is when things really started to, to shut down and some of the stay-at-home orders were going across the country. And so it was during that time, I was simultaneously thinking of ways to pivot with T-Squares and we launched a new um, Shopify site. and was starting to gain customers that way. But it was also at that time where, right, like everyone's hopping on these Zoom meetings and like, what am I going to do with my business? How can I um, like get to this next level? Are buyers still taking calls? There were a lot of questions out there kind of in the space. And so that's when I started talking with um, a number of other entrepreneurs that are like, hey, what would be really helpful for you right now? Like, how can I help based on the things that I've learned? Um, and how can I connect you with other people who might be a little bit further along. And so that was about um, April or May that I really kind of brought in a couple members to start beta testing uh, what we were doing. Um, that would become like the Food platform. So like came up with it, didn't have a name, came up with the name for it, built the website out myself and kind of this modular way that we can add features along the way. Um, and then just last month um, in July, I kind of announced it publicly um, to spread the word. Cause at that point I realized it was something that brands really, they found a ton of value from being members of and wanted to share with the larger community.
0: Got it. Like that is the that is like the textbook, man. <laughs> like at least the good way that it happens is like see the pain in the world, really identify that you don't have to boil the ocean, but there's some really quick things that you could do that you're great at to like help those people out and then like get it out there. Um, so you're working from home right now, and you used to have to like go places and do things. I mean, like all of us are kind of in some way, but what was your adjustment like? Because you had a team, you know, you have a team. What what's the change there for people like you?
1: Yeah, you know, in some ways I was a little a little prepared for that first for it to be short term. So, as we were kind of mentioning, I just had um my first daughter, my first kid. She's 8 months old. She was born in December. Um and so I knew I was going to be out for a little while on, you know, paternity leave or working from home while I was helping to take care of her. At the same time, my business partner, he's part of the um, national guard and he actually was going to be away at training for four months from January to April. So we knew wow. we had this like four month term where we had to, you know, make sure our employees were able to essentially operate without us physically being there. So we actually have a manufacturing facility where you produce T-squares and we had four employees who were working there. And so one of them was doing great work. We ended up promoting him to our team lead a couple months back and essentially prepared him for running all of our operations and shift while, while I was gone. Wow. And so like January and February, I really only went into the office maybe a couple times um, a month to just like check in on things make a couple deliveries but they became self-sufficient and so you know then when things started slowing down we kind of slowed down our production a bit you know by that time i was already working at home and one thing that really allowed me to do is enjoy this time that i have with um, with my daughter and spend that time with my daughter and my wife and just like these moments when they're like so young and developing every day um, really being in the time spend time with her because you know with everything with covid like if we had to have like babysitters and you know our, grand- our parents are both older and susceptible to you know getting covid we didn't want mm-hmm. them traveling back and forth a lot and so we really just like it's allowed me to stay home still continue to work um but take care of my daughter as well but you know as you can tell like i love doing a lot of stuff and so i had to do a reality check and actually kind of reprioritize what was important in my life i wrote like a whole article about it but realized, you know my daughter and my family were number one and so those always needed to take precedent um then it was you know running t squares and growing that business and then three was how can i help other you know entrepreneurs as well and so i had this like prioritization list of what was important to me and where i would spend the time um, that helped me be okay with the realities of every day right like if my daughter woke up early for a nap and i couldn't get work done Might have been a little frustrating to delay me, but that was okay because I realized like she was my number one priority.
0: So interesting, man. As you say that, I think. I think it was like maybe episode two or three of the podcast. I had this guy, Pat Barber on. He's like kind of like an icon in the world of CrossFit, but he's just a really unique personality and that he and his wife took their young kids and like they basically left California. I mean, I'm talking like, I think it was three kids, like under the age of like five or something like that. And they went and lived in like South Africa for a few months and they went to Ireland and they went all over. And what he said to me um, was that it's hard to travel with kids, but if you realize that that's what you're doing, you're not traveling alone. You're not traveling with your wife You're not, and just the two of you. You're not going to be, what he said is you're not going to be able to like stop and read every plaque and every museum because you're there with kids and you have to accept that. And I think it's a similar thing to what you're saying is like, Hey, yes, I'm working. And yes, I'm at home working, but I'm also a parent and that comes first. And so whatever Liana needs, she gets. And then when the time is okay, then you can go back to do the other stuff. So it's being like conscious about, you know, kind of those priorities. Um, I have to put okay. a link to that article in the show notes for sure. I want to we'll make sure to think that. But one thing that um, I want to ask you about is because you, because you come from a family of entrepreneurs and you've seen what that's like, like constant, you know, pivots or just changes in careers or new opportunities that come up. Sometimes for people like us that have that in us, it's hard to like turn it off. And so my first question is, Do you have that same problem where like the mouse is always spinning the wheel upstairs and you just are always seeing challenges and like always wanted to like ideate on the spot?
1: Yes. All the time. Every day. I come up with like five business ideas every day. (laughs)
0: <laughs> my uh, my buddy uh dm me he's like you need to do an episode where it's just you talking about all the bad ideas for businesses that you've had and all the the funny bad website domains that you've bought for <laughs> the businesses that you thought were going to like be the best um so then my second follow question to that jordan is how do you or what do you do to kind of supplement that, that energy from your brain? Like when you're not working and you're not, you know, doing dad stuff and you're not doing husband stuff, if you have like just Jordan time, what do you do?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things like I truly like the whole like problem solving issue is so core to me that that's what I do for fun. Like coming up with a business idea that I will never do is so enjoyable for me like basically i'll create like a one-page business plan like all right what's the problem who can this actually help how would i go about doing it like what would that look like like sometimes i'll like sketch i'll throw like a mock landing page and like that's fun for me like it's hard for people who I come from a place where like they don't you know like work isn't enjoyable it's just something to make money like, yeah this is so something that's, like so core. i just love doing that so like i'm constantly waking up in the middle of the night and like writing out business ideas knowing that i'll never be able to do them and being okay with that just because i find it so fun um to do that like i i'm also a bit like photographer um and and you know i love I, you play soccer i love running um but you know, if, if it was up to me, like I would just have a thousand businesses that I could run like all across me I mean completely different industries. Um, but I don't, and I think that's one reason I also a Food Bevy is it allows me to um, learn and be involved with hundreds of businesses that I don't mm-hmm. actually have to run because um, I can see them come to life. And that just like brings out this energy in me that I love.
0: It's kind of like, well, um, one, I do the same shit. I do the same thing. i like, I use Canva. I'm like a Canva nerd. I go into Canva. I create a pitch deck for a business that I will never pitch anybody. And it's like fun to me. My latest one was actually yesterday, which is, I don't know if you could see here, but can you see? Oh yeah. Uh, right there. Sorry for people that are not, see that little thing right there. It's a, it's a cut out of my daughter right there. Okay. So when I had moved into an apartment about maybe six years ago, um, I had like some skateboards. I had like, the, I had to furnish this apartment. I'd have these huge walls. So I took pictures of my kids and I went to FedEx Kinko's and I said, can you print this out? I need like four feet, like five feet by four feet. And they're like, Oh, we have like this black and white printer. It prints huge like blueprints. You can print it on there and it's dirt cheap. It's like black and white. So you can go to FedEx Kinko's and you can print like a five or I think it's four foot by three foot picture. And it's like eight bucks. Okay. So I printed out all these huge pictures of my kids. I threw them on the ground with paint. And I said, you guys paint those. And then when they were done painting them, I just took painter's tape and I put these huge pictures all over the walls. And that was like my decorating. And I was like, that's such a cool, wouldn't that be so cool? You send me a picture of your kids and I send you a little roll up with some paint and brushes and a picture, like your, whatever picture you want, you paint them like, that's my business of the day. And then like, <laughs> I, and then, and I think then I had a cup of coffee and I woke up and I was like, maybe it's not, I don't I don't
1: think that one of my one of my other recent ones that like has nothing to do with anything is like, you ever see those pictures of people's houses? I know you have like your wall of artwork on the back where it's like, oh, like your photos are so perfectly framed, but like it's not symmetrical. Like it's, it seems random, but it just works. Like having <laughs> yes. a website where essentially it would, um, you could print out like one of those large pieces of paper like you talked about that would have an outline of where to put every picture. And we'd actually like mail <laughs> you the frame. You put that on the wall and then you just put the pictures up on like the grid and it would make this perfectly arranged wall. That you didn't have to do all the work for. Dude,
0: so we have, I think it could be a good idea. <laughs> so dude, we we have that wall upstairs, like in our dining room, we have that wall. And when Jenny was like, Oh, we should do this wall, I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm like, just just get the pictures. I'll like, I'll just hang them. And she's like, well, what do you mean you'll just hang them? I'm like, well, dude, like it's like one here, one here. And like she was like, no, no, you know, like, so she we I'm like, let me see how you're gonna do it. And it got laid out and everything got tested where it was, and it's like yeah. I just want to throw it up. And you're right. Like, that's a really funny idea. I remember when I was a teacher, man, I was teaching in central Illinois right after college. And uh, it was my first year teaching. And I got paired up with like, um, uh, like, uh, like a mentor they give you, you know, and you could not have found two more opposite people. So you know, I'm coming in at like a thousand and ten percent energy, and I'm like, "We're gonna take the kids and bring them on the roof, and we're gonna watch the you know the the storms come in." And she's like, "You know, she like was just the complete opposite." And I remember she's like, "Hey, Mark, you need to put the bulletin board outside your classroom. It's like it's the first of the month. You need to change it." And I was like, "Yeah, no problem." I like, literally went out there with sharpies and started like graffitiing it, and she's over there measuring out each letter and then putting. Uh, Thumbtacks to space everything, and then once it was ready, then she would like staple it in. So uh, I have history with uh, that that problem you're trying to solve for sure. Oh, that's man. so funny, <laughs> um, man! What a fun conversation. So let me ask you this, man. Um, you, uh, I was really glad, uh, you know, we were able to connect. I think we we hit up on LinkedIn the other day, and we hadn't talked for a while. And I was like, hey, man, like if you ever want to jump on the podcast, like that'd be cool. And you're like, hey, I, I've listened to it, and when I hear that it's probably the same feeling like you would have gotten with like T-Squares when you see someone with your pro- like they, that's it. Like that was up here in my head and now it's in the world. And so number one, thank you for listening. That's like the coolest thing ever. Um, but you know that we end each episode by asking the guest to finish this sentence. And so I'm going to ask you now, this is your moment. Fill in the blank. Jordan Buckner thinks differently about
1: businesses working together. And so- So many times we live in, feel like we live in this like dog-eat-dog world where like if I'm successful, it means that you can't be successful. I think that's BS. I think that we all are better by working and collaborating together and by sharing resources, by sharing opportunities, we can all um, rise our businesses at the same time. And so I'm a huge advocate of like sharing information, sharing like who your manufacturers are, and your ingredient suppliers and food space, like, don't be afraid to like, have, you know, work in isolation and think your idea is like super secret because, you know, there's genuine people out here that want to help and want to help like each other grow. And so if you can find like-minded people and collaborate with them, then both of you or all of you can be much better off. And that's one of the main tenets of Food Bebby is that like we are an inclusive, collaborative environment and meaning like we'll all share resources and pool resources to help each other.
0: What I like about that, Jordan, is uh, one, I I didn't know what you were going to say because I think uh, just based on our conversation, it could have been anything. My mom once told me about the context was like people were being, I was being bullied and I was like going to like be, I was like talking, I was kind of talking shit about somebody else. She's like, Hey, you should always be inclusive, not exclusive. Don't exclude people on the outside, bring people in. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're talking about. I think sometimes you're right in business. People are like the competition and they're going to steal it. It's like, "Hey, hey, Hey, if you ever even get to a point where the competition notices you, And is trying to steal from you. That's actually a good problem because it means you're doing something right. Other than that, you just got your blinders on you're trying to protect something that nobody even wants anyway. So I love how you talk about businesses working together. I love that. Um, real quick before we uh, kind of wrap up here. Um, is there anything you need help with right now? We got a lot of people that listen to the podcast with a wide range of skills and experiences. Uh, you know, I always talk about my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law actually worked in a food laboratory. She made recipes for big companies. That was like her job. She made like I can't say what they are, but she made like some of the biggest recipes for like cool companies in the world. So, is there anything that you just need help with right now? Either with food, bevy, parenting advice, anything at all. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm always looking for people who are interested in the food and beverage industry. And either like if you have a product idea that you've like been wanting to launch, like definitely reach out and talk to me. I can help with that. Or if you help and support food and beverage companies, reach out as well, because we have a lot of members who are always looking for help with everything from manufacturing the sales. And so if you're in that industry at all, reach out and we can collaborate
0: together. Excellent. And then where should people go online to find you, follow you, learn more about you? I'm going to put all these links in the show notes. So where should people go to find you online? Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. You can Follow me on LinkedIn. First and foremost, I'm kind of posting there all the time, Jordan Buckner. And then if you want to check out Food Bevy, just go to foodbevy.com.
0: Excellent, man. Jordan, it's really good to see your face, even if it's via Skype. Congratulations again uh, you know, on your daughter and the launch of Food Bevy. Um, it was awesome to share some time with you today.
1: Thanks so much, Mark, and glad to see your face too. Awesome,
0: brother. Love when a guest can prove me wrong or teach me something new, which all these guests are. But it's funny because I've often said that if your parents were Wall Street power brokers, you'd grow up to be a Woodstock hippie. And if your parents were Woodstock hippies, you'd grow up to be a Wall Street power broker. And Jordan proved me wrong. His parents were both entrepreneurs, and he also now is a successful entrepreneur, really learning from their lessons. What a really cool story. What a great pivot that he tied right here during COVID to kind of shift away from the product-based offering that he had to more of a service to help other people. What I love about Jordan here is that he's seeing the opportunity that one, he can help people solve problems that he's already solved, and two, he sees benefit and power of businesses working together rather than competing, competing, competing. So uh, I will put links to all of his stuff in the show notes. Uh, Please go ahead and check him out. Uh, As always, uh, if you are into coffee or you want to buy a gift for somebody, this episode of sponsored by Littlefoot Coffee. They are a company that has stolen my heart, so head on over to littlefootcoffee.com, use promo code MARK and save 10%. And as always from Chicago, Illinois, this is Mark Hans inspiring you to think differently.